The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. I thought, we, I thought actually we started the game reasonably well and um, got, the, got the ball inside our front half, but we just we got showing up defensively and um, their speed of ball movement uh, really cut through us early, which um, yeah put us on the back foot, but coughed up field position. And then uh, oh, I just thought we didn't have the players that handled the basics in the contest um, and execution under pressure. Uh, you know, it was a it was a big occasion in terms of you know ninety thousand uh, crowd against us, and I didn't I, th- I thought they had a lot more players who handled that situation over over us. So a lot went wrong, but I think if you looked at it, they just handled the basics of the game a lot better than we did. Season over for Fremantle. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, season over for West Coast. Some people I bumped in today said it's season over for them as far as supporting AFL. Not for us because we're into two exciting weeks uh, coming up. Really looking forward to it. And, of course, the grand final not far away. Who will play there? And it is preliminary final weekend this weekend. A man that's been right across it all on the weekend has been Kim Hagdorn. He joins us with his regular Monday segment here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Haggers, how are you? Hello, Peter. Uh, I think uh, Justin Longmuir has probably given us a bit of an insight into what we would like to discuss there and perhaps go a bit deeper into mm. how Fremantle uh, did bow out. Uh, I've got a few you know, stats and bits and pieces that we'll discuss, but uh, I think in essence, I think uh, uh, they were exposed, Fremantle, weren't they? I mean, I think it really showed. And, and I think deep down and inside the four walls at Coburn there, Fremantle hierarchy, those that you could trust with their assessment and their honesty – have been aware that for most of the season, Freeman are probably a little bit ahead of themselves to actually a couple of wins that they had that wasn't anticipated, you know, that they could have missed outside the, the top four. But there was talk that they can make the top four. If they make the top four, it's a genuine premiership chance. And, and then at the weekend, to w- have that chance to finish in the top four with that shot at uh, Sydney for this week, I think if you deep down, honestly look at Fremantle, they've probably achieved pretty much about what you would have expected at the best going through the summer. Once you fought, saw their draw and saw how they were training, you thought, well, Fremantle are going to be up and about, up and about at their bye. Uh, the longer the season's gone, I think we've sort of seen at times they still lack some pretty important key components, and that was shown up again I th- well, finally, I think, mm. by Collingwood particularly the first half. As Justin Longmuir have said post-match there, you know, they, they did have some some chances early. They had 14 inside 50s inside in that first quarter, and yet they only scored the one behind. Uh, and I thought that that probably showed the strength of Collingwood's defence. I think for the entire match, Collingwood were very strong and solid and confident in front of Fremantle's ball movement that their defence and their defensive game would stand up. And around the – when you look at some of the, the, the contested ball and some of the clearances, it was pretty even, really, overall. Um, but when Collingwood broke, their key components were their big power midfielders. You know, Dugowie best on ground, if not crisp. Penelbury playing as a midfielder the whole match around the congestion, calling traffic, setting plays – and side bottom also setting a standard. There's their four big bodied experienced midfielders 
Fremantle have got to make a priority to get one of them somehow mm. sometime soon. I think they lack the big bodies. Monday was found out. I think we saw why he's retiring. The bigger the game uh, and the bigger the pressure, I think David Mundy hasn't been as influential. And the boys like Sarong and Brayshaw, they're just not the big bodies. They're smaller players. Even a better player for Fremantle, I think, on Saturday, a bigger man, experienced man in opposition to Sidebottom and Pendlebury and so on was, was Blake Akers. And they're losing him. So Fremantle now, I think, have to reassess. I was surprised to see the chairman come out and say we can uh, that, win the premiership that, next year. Okay, that's the next two topics we need to discuss. Yeah. We've, we've surmised the game, and I think we'll leave the game where it is. They, they got beaten. But just on that, I think for him to even hint that. And let's just say for those people. Given, but that's those totally pe- forgetting and, and ignoring yeah, but the amount also, of personnel they're about to lose. But let's just state for those people that may not be across it, he's declared Dale Alcock, the president of the Fremantle Football Club, that they can win the premiership next year. You may not have been across it. If you have been across it, fair enough, we're going to discuss it. But I'd like to get some feedback from the Fremantle folk, just like Flagmantle, you know, this year. You know, I always felt uncomfortable about every time they had a good win, the old mm. Flag Mantle thing came out. Forget about that gimmicky stuff. And I thought Dale Alcock really, he didn't need to say what he had said 24 hours after them being eliminated from the AFL season for 2022. And the big question for me, and this is now becoming a developing story. They're, they're working this week, all the players, and then they go on holidays. So this week we will know who's required and who's not required. And there could be quite a few at the exit gates here for Fremantle, which is quite amazing considering there's a real upside here for the club going forward after what they did this season. It's a departure lounge, isn't it? Yep. Rory Lobb, gone, going to the Bulldogs, has told Fremantle, I want to be traded. Blake Akers, gone. We'll be going to Carlton. Griffin Logue, pretty much certainly gone to North Melbourne. Lloyd Meek wants to get out to play more regularly. Understandably, West Coast and GWS. Uh, Sam Sturt, Nathan Wilson, uh, Connor Blakely, Joel Hamling, even though he's got a year to go on a contract next year, likely to be gone. Darcy Tucker, a year on a contract with Fremantle next year, likely and most likely to be gone. Uh, All of these boys are on the move and Fremantle... We've said it for months, are hell-bent on getting in Luke Jackson. They need a heck of a lot more than just Luke Jackson in there. What will this will mean with, with so many players on the move, Peter, and I think it has created some disharmony behind the scenes at Fremantle, and certainly for the recent weeks for the run home, once they were going to play finals and then potentially even finish in the top four, everybody put it behind them to settle down. Let's just get this. When David Mundy didn't want to retire, he was forced out. It's caused a lot of disharmony amongst the playing group and especially from the way it's been handled and managed from the from the football uh, boss, the director of football, the boss of football, Peter Bell. There's a lot of disharmony and a lot of players are wanting to move out from Fremantle, but some of them have to be moved. And this is what's been going on. The offers that have been given toward or offered to the likes of uh, Griffin Logue and Blake Akers in particular are offers that you have to refuse because their manager's gone and got much better offers on the table from clubs in the Eastern States. And they're, they're, they're heavily sought after some of these boys, not because, not necessarily because Fremantle have had a, a good season, an acceptably a good season. You do still declare their season a success because I think from where they've come from to where they're at now, and they were threatening to get into a preliminary final. But there's, there's, there's a lot of backlash to the loss of these players. And and let's go through them again. Lob, Akers, Logue. Lob gone. 
Aker's gone, Logue probably gone, Meek probably gone, and then there's others on the market as well. I even saw Sam Sturt playing in the waffle yesterday, Peter, mm. and he was very successful with Peel, but he's out of contract, and he'd be a handy draft pick that Fremantle have got to get to be able to get Luke Jackson Okay, in. so who is the biggest loss here? Of course, Darcy Tucker's been linked. You know, Lloyd Meek, as you mentioned, Liam Henry, uh, part of the exodus, reportedly. We know Lobb's going to the Bulldogs, Aker's possibly to Carlton and Logue to North Melbourne, but out of all those... Who can they dispense with and feel comfortable with? Out of all those, who do you think they can ill afford to lose because it really questions their depth going forward? Now, Blake Akers has come in and filled a role as a wingman this year and done a pretty good job. Yeah. For the most part. Now, but I think they've also got to get the boys that they've drafted in the last year or two. So Erasmus has to play. I think Johnson has to play. You've got to get them in. The other yeah. one is, is Jai Amos. I, I think I think uh, Fremantle people, he showed enough, particularly more so. He, he was handy against the Bulldogs. Kicked a couple of goals, looked brave, looked athletic, looked clean, looked as though he actually knew how to play as a forward. But even more so, against that tight Collingwood defence, the tight Collingwood defensive game, 90,000... In a cauldron, I thought Jai Amos showed enough to think for me to think this kid has to play every game next mm, year. So mm. Rory Lobb's not such a big loss, no, in my opinion, because Rory Lobb, Rory Lobb struggle, struggles in the pressure of the moment. Even Saturday, you know the the couple of involvements that he had, I, I thought Lobb was poor for Fremantle on and Saturday, and he's been more poor than good this season. Hanks, he, to he's be had, fair, had twelve disposals for the match, eight contested, four marks, three three contested marks, but. I mean, the bulk of those possessions came in one quarter. He disappears, and then he had the the first shot for Fremantle at the nine-minute mark of the first quarter and missed a set shot that I thought he probably should have got. His next shot at goal was the 29-minute mark of the last quarter. Nah. So I, I, I don't think they lose a lot by losing Lobb mm, to play Amos all next season. I'd give him two tickets to make sure he doesn't lose one, the old Joe, because <laughs> I've, I've, he's been one of the most frustrating footballers to broadcast this year. Let's just check some uh, – if you want to join us, I've opened it now. The Temper of Bedshed text line 0487 736 736, or you can call us now. The lines are open, the Scarborough Toyota open line 131255. No name on this, but uh, we're talking about the Dockers maybe getting ahead of themselves with Flag Mandel and, of course, Dale Alcock saying – what he said uh, just 24 hours after them being eliminated. How about when the Dockers said, yeah, we'll stay away for the 17 days. Our families can come over too. It'll be fine. But they forgot about winning the first game. So there you go. Uh, hi, Haggers. Has there been any more news on Willie Rioli? And has there been any delisted at West Coast? That's John of High Wycombe. No, look, we haven't heard anything, thing, have we? No, well, the thing is that uh, with West Coast, w- w- what we have heard is that there's in, no intention to delist anybody until after the trade period. Now, players are being told that mm-hmm. in their exit meetings, exit meetings with the, the senior squad over the last week or two. And then uh, this today, I think they're talking to the Waffle boys, the boys that uh, finished up in the Waffle season uh, last week. So they're going through all of those. But my understanding is that they're telling uh, West Coast players that no one delisted until after the trade period. Now, West Coast can't afford to be delisting too many because they haven't delisted many in terms of their experienced players. They're locked into going with just probably six or seven draft picks. And therefore, a lot of the boys that we think probably should be on on the move, and we went through some of them last week, Peter, some of those that we think should be on the move look a lot more likely to stay. Mm. Sam Sturt, uh, according to Ray here, says... Um, uh, signed a contract extension. Is that correct, uh, yeah, Sam yeah, Stern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he has to go. 
He's yeah. not getting a game. They, they, they've clearly made it in t- an intention to play Frederick, to play Schultz is locked in. Mm-hmm. They want Switkowski. Walters is playing next year. Sam, Sam Sturt would be a fool to stay. So I'm and saying, also, regardless Fremantle of it- need the currency. He's more currency as a contracted player mm-hmm. than an uncontracted player. They need the currency if they're going to go to Port or Adelaide to say, we, we need your draft picks. And even though you've signed a contract extension, there's no guarantee that the club won't uh, on float you, uh, Ray. So, and by the way, Tripe's not bad. I was a butcher's son. Tripe is pretty good to actually and, eat. And also, so so too is, is Hamling contracted for next year. Other players that are in contract, Darcy, uh, Darcy Tucker's contracted for next year. Mm. They are players that they can move. Hamling won't go anywhere. No. I'd be surprised if he even plays next year. They might have to extend him out, pay him over a couple of years, so you reduce the money. But he stays on, stays on their list. They've got enormous list management problems, Fremantle, because there's a lot of players who want better chances, and Fremantle are going to have to be obliged to bring to some of the kids they've pl- they've drafted in recent seasons. And we've touched on them: Erasmus and Johnson, for instance, early draft picks. Amos for early draft pick. They've got to be playing, so they've got to create room for these boys to move and also get the draft picks and the the contract offers that they off- sort of put before Acres and Logue are way short of what they're getting off so, of anywhere else. So they, they have to move. So when's Luke Jackson going to come out supposedly to say, I want to be traded to Fremantle? What, would, are we, what are we waiting for here? You would think within the next few days. I'm just saying, what are we waiting for? Their season is oh, finished. Uh, yeah, finished. didn't finish till Friday. Yeah. They've had the weekend. He'd have an expert meeting with, with, uh, with Melbourne today. So I you, think Melbourne know. So you're forecasting it. It should happen sometime this sometime week. Sometime this week. And, Certainly, we, will, and I, we will know this week as early as – so has Rory Lobb already told the Dockers I want to be traded? Rory Lobb has reminded Fremantle. He asked officially asked to be traded last year. He's officially asked to be traded again this year, mm. two months ago. Yeah, get rid of him. I, I, I think he's certainly one they can dispense with. Uh, 13 past five, uh, come and join us on the Temper of Bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13 12 55, that is the number. We're going to take our break and uh, we'll come back with all your interaction here on this Monday night as we wrap up and look ahead to preliminary final weekend here on SENWA.